Hey, 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 this is Mike Haig from Race Day San Antonio, and welcome back to another edition of Tracksmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. I'm introducing the show today because our host of the show, Don Hall, is on the road. Don, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm in the studio, and you're out on the road today, so something a little different for our, uh, our weekly show here. Well, I've been I've been pretty darn busy lately, uh, putting up a bunch of smack casts for us because uh, you've been in, in involved in a great big move to a new house, and congratulations to you and Craig. Thank you. Yeah, you've been holding it down for us. I swear, I don't know what I'd do without you because you have really taken it on and and got you such a, a lifesaver. And I apologize to our listeners. Uh, we will here soon get back on on track although this season mike i don't know that there really has been a a track that we have been on huh we've been pretty much all over the place and just kind of rolling with 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 the times and with what we're doing right now because of all the covid stuff so uh just kind of the fly by the seat of our pants and that's actually kind of i think the way we like to do things anyway so well that's the way we've been doing it for 16 years flying by the seat of our pants <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, not necessarily that's the way that we like to do it. We always say we have a plan, but nine times out of ten, um, I end up screwing us out of the plan. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the plan. But, uh, but go, what's the plan? Well, the plan <laughs> for NASCAR was to... Uh, you know, have another group of inductees in the Hall of Fame, and they laid out the plan. And I tell you, the plan included the great Dale Earnhardt Jr. getting inducted or will be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Don, that was the big news this week. Uh, I know you've been a big Junior fan, so uh, what what are your thoughts and reactions to uh, Junior getting the uh, the nod to go into the Hall? it on um, the Race Day America that they had it on, or I, I don't remember, but they were doing it live, and at the same time, Junior was live doing his podcast, and so the, his reaction and everything was just, it, it was just, it was great, so you can go and hear it, um, it's at the end of the this past week's podcast that, um, on the Junior Download, Dale Junior Download, that it happens, and you could tell he was very emotional, Um you know, Mike, I think, too, we get to see that side of Junior that a lot of us have, have seen grow um, over the years. And it's, he's so humble. And, and for somebody of his stature in the sport, and not just in the sport of NASCAR, but let's face it, I mean, in, sports, in the sports world in general, because you don't have to be a NASCAR fan to know the name Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's just so humble. He's awkwardly shy. You know, and it's it's like he doesn't understand sometimes, I don't think, what his role has become in the sport. Although other times I think he has. I mean, there's he, he talks about it. But, you know, Mike, I, I don't know about you, but I knew that there would be the people on there, you know, are out there that would be hating. And, you know, why is he dominated? What did he do? He didn't win a championship. And it's, 
Yeah, he did. He won two. He won back-to-back championships in the Xfinity Series where he won, I think it was 24 races total. Then he won 26 races in the Cup Series. But he was, the, what was it, 15 times? Yeah. The most popular driver consecutively. And, and it's not even just that, Mike. It's everything that that guy has done for the sport, both on the track and off. And I just don't think people realize his impact and his role in the sport, um, it, it's just, it's beyond anything that he could accomplish on the track. And he's so well-deserving of it, and I was so happy to hear. And, and then, um, actually, in the podcast, Mike, they go on to tell him, um, I, I think it's Winston Kelly comes on and tells him, that he received 76% of the voting panel's votes. I mean, it was an overwhelming um, and he received the most votes of any Hall of Fame candidate ever. Wow! It, I mean, can you can you believe that? Out of all the names so far that have been, but yes, he was. I mean, it was there was no question. And so he talked about just how humbling that was because it's his peers. You know, it's the people in the industry. It's, and he said he is someone that has lived on affirmations. And so to have that pat on the back and to you know that attaboy. Uh, from his from his colleagues and all is what's meant the most to him, and he was just so so incredibly emotional about it, and, and that made it even more special. I thought. Yeah, definitely was, Don, and uh, all those accolades, like you said. And in, in addition, um, I'm reading here, uh, he, you know, the, the JR Motorsports team that he co-owns with his sister Kelly, they've earned three Xfinity Series titles and 47 race wins uh, as a as a team owner. Uh, the 15 most popular driver awards is second to another NASCAR Hall of Famer, Bill Elliott, who has 16. So uh, I don't think we're ever going to see a driver probably in history get that many award uh, driver awards like that again. It's going to be a long time, I think, before that happens again. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Um, but hey, and, uh, you know, like- go go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, um, you know, again, there's just so many things that he has done for the sport. And, you know, the guy took a lot on. He didn't, not not that he wanted that spotlight, you know, but he took a lot on when his father passed away. And he took a lot of that on his shoulders. <clears throat> and, and at a time when most people would be wanting to uh, grieve the loss of their parents, you know, he really wasn't able to do that because all of that they kind of fell on him, um, and and everyone in the sport kind of looked to him. And he, you know, when he was a very young guy, and and I just think that we have seen so much growth in him to see where he's at now. And I think for me, deep down, Mike, I mean, being the sentimental person that I am, I think really what means the most is that that's something that now. You know, his daughter and his and his child, um, his other daughter that'll be on the way to come. You know, this is something that they never got to really see their father race. But this is something that can live on. That legacy can live on. And it's also something that he will share with his father as well. And this is such a good moment. And um, I think it was Winston Kelly. It was either no, it was Mike Kelton, I think, went on to say that, you know, both both Dale's mom, Brenda, and Dale Sr. would be looking down right now probably happier than hell. I mean, nobody would be happier than Dale Sr. 
um, for this moment. And that just got me because I had completely forgotten, you know, that they lost their mother, you know, not, not too long ago from breast cancer. And so, um, you know, I, I just, good things happen to good people. And, and Dale Jr. is definitely one of those people. You're definitely right, Dawn. And what I was going to say there just a minute ago, that the Earnhardts, Dale Jr. and Sr. are the only father, son, pairing to receive NASCAR Hall of Fame honors so far. So that's very, very special right there. Yeah, and you know, championships isn't always what makes a Hall of Famer. I mean, if you look to other sports, um, you know, and, and, and across the board, I mean, there are guys, you know, you look at a Dan Marino in the NFL, he never won a Super Bowl championship, definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, you look at NASCAR, look at Mark Martin, never won a championship, definitely a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, there's, there's guys, there's so much more that goes into it. And, and then there's people who have won championships that aren't or more should be Hall of Famers, I mean, in my opinion. So, um, you know, the impact on sports and on what you do in life has more to do than just wins. It, it's a body of work. And, I mean, the body of work is definitely there when it comes to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes, he is. Definitely is. And then also Red Farmer, the great red veteran race car driver, Red Farmer, will be inducted into the, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame as long, along with Mike Stefanik. And uh, Ralph Seagraves is another one that's going to be uh, receiving an honor as well. So, um, uh, those are uh, like Red Farmer, he, you know, he's like 87, 89 years old. Don, he's still racing stock cars out there on the southeast and east coast of the U.S. At the age of late 80s, he's still wheeling the uh, steering wheel there. Crazy. It sounds like uh, when we heard that Humpy Wheeler still boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Farmer, it says here, Don, he's 89 years old. He's one of the original members of the famed Alabama gang. Because he, he's actually a Florida native who moved to uh, uh, Alabama with uh, Bobby Allison and Donnie Allison and Neil Bonnet. And, uh, man, they have uh, – you add them all up. He's, it says he's estimated to have more than 700 career victories at all these races he's done. Um, he uh, – Red Farmer uh, holds the uh, all-time uh, – let's see uh, – Oh, there's all kind of stats here, but uh, he, you know, just a uh, here's just a guy that is just uh, a pioneer in itself. And then Mike Stefanik uh, uh, was a big champion in the uh, NASCAR Wayland Modified Tour and the NASCAR oh, yeah. e, the E Series. And he's another guy. Uh, he he has seven record championships uh, in the, in that series. Um, Seventy four wins, forty eight pole positions. Get this, Don. Two hundred and twenty-three top fives and and top ten finishes, uh, three hundred and one, and that's on the Whalen Modified Tour. And so this guy, um, you know, we always think about the champions, uh, the Hall of Famers, and Cup, but some of these other NASCAR series, there's some guys that have done some great things over the years as well. Yeah, definitely. So kind of like how when we saw Ron Hornaday uh, last year. So, I mean, there's just. You know, there's 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 so many different series and uh, and and levels and and stuff that have been impact. You know, had huge impacts on the Cup series that we see now. Uh, just just incredible. And I know you put together a smackcast this week with audio from from some of the recipients um, and stuff. And so I invite folks to go and take a listen to that because uh, the audio is just it, it's just yeah. fantastic. It's it's amazing. It's emotional. Funny. 
job with that. Well, thank you. And that red farmer, he's pretty funny, him telling his stories. Uh, if you're an old-timer that likes um, old-time NASCAR stories and of history, I mean, he was talking about racing on the sand and the beach in Daytona before the, the track was even built. So that was kind of a cool thing to hear as well. But, hey, uh, Dawn, what I wanted to say, the other thing I wanted to say, we also came off a big race weekend last weekend at Homestead, Miami. First time we've ever raced there that it wasn't in the um, the tail end of the season for the championship. But, hey, Denny Hamlin, how about Denny getting his 40th career cup win at Homestead, Miami? Uh, I thought that was an incredible feat and a great race. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, we had quite a bit of a rain delay there for a while. They would think they'd get going and in typical uh, Florida fashion, we'd get a little a little thunder boomer come through and uh, they'd have to stop and pull the cars back and drivers go to their haulers or you know motor coaches or whatnot and, and hang out and uh, finally got the race going. And yeah, I mean, from everything that I was able to see and stuff, I mean, I guess Denny pretty much ran away with that race. But, uh, you know, Homestead has really made itself out to be a to me, Mike, out of all the mile and a half tracks, I think Homestead is probably the best out of all of them, in my opinion. And I know that our friends here at Texas Motor Speedway wouldn't want to hear me say that, but I really do feel like it puts on a good show. There's just it, It's got so many different grooves and stuff to run, and you've got guys that'll run low, you've got guys that'll run high, and I don't know. It just, to me, again, Phoenix is going to have big shoes to, to fill uh, when it comes to the final race of the season because Homestead did I, – I guess I didn't really appreciate Homestead until seeing it the other night and, and really getting an appreciation, especially in that Xfinity Series race. That I watched. Yeah. That was an, a really good race. Def- uh, and I tell you, Mike, really quick, um, I, was, I wanted to say when it comes to the Xfinity Series race, and this is silly of me, but I'm, I'm, I should have been saying this all along, but I really hope for this new car, this new generation car, that the Cup Series is going to look to go of more of that body type or whatnot that they are using on those Xfinity Series cars because those cars are able to beat and bang and and and, and, yeah. and come away and and I really think it makes for better racing. I just I really like the package that we see in the Xfinity Series. I I definitely agree. A uh, couple notes I wanted to talk about real quick and get, get your opinion on uh, the on the top ten finishers at Homestead. Uh, we had a great battle with Chase Elliott there for a while. Chase, you know, continues to just show very impressive uh, skills and his talents this year, Don. He finished second. Ryan Blaney was third, but but here's a couple things I want to point out. Fourth place finish was Tyler Rhetoric, a rookie. Tyler had just an incredible run the other night. That young man is so close to striking and getting a victory, and, and we saw him do well last year, last couple seasons in the um, – Xfinity series, but uh, he had a fourth place finish. Get and here's a couple more. Eric Amarolo, uh, Amarola finished uh, fifth. Kyle Busch sixth. Here's another one. Austin Dillon in seventh. I uh, thought Austin had a great race. Another impressive one here. Christopher Bell uh, finished eighth, and then we had uh, William Byron in ninth, and Brad Keselowski in tenth. So we had two rookies in the top ten, and I believe in the stats that hasn't happened in quite a long while there at Homestead. So very impressive for Tyler Redrick and Christopher Bell there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, again, those of us that like to see new names up there in the mix and 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 doing well, uh, it's very refreshing to see that. And like you said, I mean, at a track like Homestead, um, you really don't. Well, and maybe 
maybe it's not that we, we don't see it. I, I just think that, honestly, because we're watching, we're so busy watching the championship run at that point that we're just not paying attention to people that aren't in the mix, you know, for the championship as much as maybe we should. But, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's definitely a good, good thing to see as far as the stats go, to see those finishes. One more thing about Denny. Um, you know, he kind of ran away with it there at the end. He won both stages, stage one and stage two, so he picked up quite a few points there. He led five times for 137 laps in the race. But, Don, you know, um, Denny, um, three wins this year, the first driver to get three wins in a season, in this season so far. Um, I'm kind of thinking that maybe he might be a – a real contender for the championship. I know he's made it to the to the chase or the the playoffs and and made the final four uh, before and has come close. But um, I'm just wondering if this could be the year that Denny finally gets his um um his his self together and uh, you know um, finally gets that championship that he's deserved. I think for so many years now. There's something about it where he gets there. I mean, he's gotten as far as the second, I believe. And, you know, he, he gets there. And then I don't know what it is. Either he's had bad luck or, you know, with a pit stop or something happening. Or um, it, it, it's just weird kind of things that have happened. Like just bad juju on him or something. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, would, I don't know necessarily that I would like to see. I mean, Denny's one of those guys that it's like, for me, it's like, eh, you know, and I, and I hate to say that because he's a, he's a, he's definitely a talent, but I really don't have a love nor hate vibe for him. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, <laughs> and and but at the same time, I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, I I either want to see him win or I just don't want to see him in the chase anymore because I just, you know, <laughs> no. what I'm saying? it's like you're just, I mean, I'm 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 over it. It's like, okay, just win it or go away. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you get you get uh, your hopes up high and then he lets you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like my Dallas Cowboys on on many occasions. So. It's kind of like you know when you're in high school and you're trying to get you're a, you're a girl and the guy you're trying to get this guy to ask you out and he talks to you all the time and just when he gets to thinking he's going to ask you out he doesn't do it. So <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But hey, one other thing, um, Bubba Wallace Jr. here, Don. Um, Finishes, starts 17th, finishes 13th, has a great run the other night. Uh, Bubba's been in the news, as we all know, for the Black Lives Matter and everything else that's been going on, making some very strong statements and very positive things that have happened as a result of that. We've talked about it already on the show, but um, Bubba's looking good. And um, man, I tell you, uh, it sure is good to see him finishing so well. And I think, you know, he's another driver that could get the victory at any point and with talladega coming up you know he runs sometimes fairly well at talladega on the super speedway so what do you think about bubba well you know talladega and again and, and it's not to take anything away from from bubba by any means you know but you know what going into talladega talladega and daytona it's just who survives <laughs> uh, who's there at the end uh you know who comes away from all the carnage and stuff is the person who's got the best chances so because it really doesn't matter if you're in the front if you're in the middle if you're in the back you can get caught in something no matter what so um or be the cause of something no matter what so um it, it's just the survival of the fittest i would love to see but i i'm loving what i'm seeing from bubba i think he's driving with a lot of emotion and a lot of uh uh 
you know, he's he's got a lot of eyes on him right now, which is good, which which is a really good thing. And and I'm I'm just gonna call out these haters every week. You know, uh, every week that I I go on and I read, I have had to delete so many people off of social media. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue not to call them names and yep. to remember that. You know, the sad thing is, is all Bubba has done is ask for you to make an environment more welcoming and for people. He didn't ask you, he didn't call you in a name. He didn't ask you to, you know, sell your firstborn child. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it, to me, <laughs> the reactions, I just want to go, do you not get it, people? You're the reason. Like, you know, I mean, I know there's a flag that we're talking about. But it's the people behind the flag. And, and that's, that's what the point to me is, is this ugly, ugliness that I'm, I'm reading from people and the thing, the awful things that they say. I just, our sport is so much better off. I'm like, you know what? Do me a favor. Don't just talk. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. Go away. And I know that's not what NASCAR wants. NASCAR doesn't want people to go away. They want people to say, oh, you know what? I love this sport so much. So I will do whatever to, you know, to make it more um, enjoyable for others to come and be a part of it. But but you get these people that are so gosh darn selfish, you know, that and racist. I'm sorry. I, I don't care what you can tell me all day long that you're not racist. But if you're pissed because you can't fly a flag, which the funniest thing is, is half these people aren't at the races, haven't gone to a race before. Or if they do, they're not camping out there. So they're not flying the flag. They're just pissed just to be pissed. And and I'm, I'm just so over it. You know, I really, really am over it. it. Again, you go to a race to watch a race. And, you know, if it upsets you that much about the flag not being allowed at the track, then you don't belong at the track, you know, in my opinion. I mean, it's just... I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why the rage, um, and, and I certainly don't understand the disgusting, hideous things that I read on social media in regards to Bubba Wallace. It's disgusting, and, you know, I'm one of these people that I, I really need to watch it because I, I do believe in karma, <laughs> so I have to watch yeah. putting negative karma out there, but, you know, it, it's the same thing for these people that don't want to wear a mask and want to go congregate, you know, in, in a big arena or whatever, you know, I hope you get it. I mean, I, 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 and I hate to say that, but I hope you're the one that gets COVID and suffers because you're not listening. You know, you're just worried about you and you're not listening. And it's a shame that innocent people who are trying to do their best to stay safe and healthy or make, make this world a better environment for everyone are the ones that have to, you know, get cockeyed on. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm over people, Mike. I really am. Yeah, I think think we, you and I both are. But you know, you kind of wonder about (laughs) these people that are not listening, that are coming down with COVID nineteen, testing positive, and winding up in the hospital. I'm sure they're laying there wishing they had listened. So, Uh, yeah, that's usually the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're going to have some fans in the stands again at uh, at. Talladega, I understand, and you know, I mean, Florida is one of the states where the numbers are rising, and you know, I mean, it, it's just, 
it's a scary situation, Mike. I mean, we're living it daily here. I'm I'm on my way here to down where you know you are in San Antonio. I'm coming from Dallas, and um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm I'm actually nervous because the numbers in San Antonio, the numbers in Dallas are up too. I mean, they're all up everywhere, yeah. but the numbers in San Antonio are really up. And you know, I'm, I'm going down there to my five year old grandson's birthday party, and I told my son, I said, I hope you don't think I'm some weirdo, but I'm going to be wearing my mask at the at the birthday party. And, you know, he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, there's, I don't know where, you know, all these people have been or who they've been around. Yeah, and, or who's carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, you know, I mean, I've got a job and it's important and, and my health is important. And, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to do. I'm going to social distance as, as much as I, you know, can. And I'm going to be wearing my mask. And that's the situation. So. You know, yeah, I mean, it yeah. is what it is, but um, well, I mean, other than that, I'm looking forward to what we could possibly see at, at Talladega. It's well, always an exciting well, you know, last few laps, if nothing else. Yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of Talladega, this Sunday is the Geico 500. You can watch the race at 3 p.m. on Eastern Time on Fox. It'll be on the Fox Network. You can also hear it on MRN, Sirius XN NASCAR Radio. And Don, um, you know, we always see a good race here. There will be some fans in the stands um, for the first time, or more fans in the stands at least, uh, than like at uh, Homestead, uh, it appears. But um, we always see some great racing here. So uh, what do you think? Uh, I know they put some new rules in place uh, for this weekend, but um, do you have any uh, any thoughts or predictions on how it might go this uh, weekend? A big one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I predict there's going to be some medium-sized ones here and there. Um, I predict it's going to be hot, and drivers are going to be hot, and tempers are going to be hot. And that's about all I'm going to do as far as predictions go. But, uh, no, I guess um, I guess here I can go ahead and throw out who my pick would be. Is that what you is Yeah, what you kind of where we're going here. Okay. So, um, my for the win, I guess, at Talladega. Um, man, you know, it's, again, it's so up in the air, you just never know with, because you've got super speedway drivers, but then anything can happen. So, um, you know what? This guy's just been really, I'm going to go Ryan Blaney. Wow. I'm, go, I'm going to go Blaney, because I think the Penske cars are usually pretty fast yeah. there. Um, I'm going to go Blaney for the win. My Dark horse, I'll stay in the Penske stable, and I'm going to say Joey Logano. And my really dark horse is, um, hey, why not? I'll go Bubba Wallace for the feel-good story. Well, that, that's, a, that's, that's a great lineup. I'm going to go Penske, too, but I'm going Brad Keselowski, who has five wins here at this track. I'm going with Brad uh-huh. Brad for the win. I'm gonna I'm gonna also gonna take uh, Blaney for the uh, my dark horse here. I know you picked him um, for the win, but I'm gonna go in with him with my dark horse. And then for my long shot, my really long shot dark horse, uh, I'm gonna go Matty D for a, for a change. Uh, I've you know I've picked him before, but um, uh, I still like this guy. I think this guy is uh, got a got a great future ahead of him, and uh, you know. Put him in the right place at the right time with a little bit of luck. If he can stay out of the wrecks, he might be able to get up there and score a victory as well. So that's my picks. I like it. Yeah. I, hey, really quick. I, I was thinking about 
when we were talking about Bubba Wallace, um, it was interesting because there was something else that I saw, and I saw both good, you know, I mean, support for it and against it, and and it's just the, the climate that we're in right now. But what were your thoughts on the Blue Lives Matter car? <laughs> well, that was uh, rather interesting as well, but, you know, um, I didn't see a problem with it i mean um police officers are important as well but um i'm just you know i just think we need to keep everything in perspective here and uh keep everything going forward and try to be as positive and supporting on all fronts but um i think we're going to see uh some more of that and uh i understand like with bubba's car the black lives matters car it's available in a diecast model now you can you can actually purchase that car for uh for people that are, are collectors, they have that car available. I saw that out on Twitter today, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to get one of those. I mean, man, cause I just, I, it was a beautiful paint scheme. I mean, I, it was a, it was a really, really cool car. And yeah. I, I would like to get that. I had kind of mixed emotions on, on the Blue Lives Matter car and not in a bad way. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, in fact, I had gone on there. So I was asked about it and I said, you know, look, I mean, you know, Blue lives do matter. Everyone's life matters. Exactly. You know? Again, we've discussed this. Or let me back up. Everyone's life should matter is, is what I, I always mean to say. I say it the other way first, and then I have to backtrack. No, it's not that everyone's life matters. Because no, not right now, currently, in, the, in this world that we're living in here, currently, that's why we're having to protest these things. Because not everyone's life is mattering right exactly. now. Exactly. So get to that point, it would be great. Now... My question is, do you run the Blue Lives Matter car anytime during the season, or are you running it in, to spite the fact that we ran a Black Lives Matter car? That's yeah. That's where my question, you know, I guess it's a, it's a question of timing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, because you could run the Blue Lives Matter car anytime during the season, I mean, you know, and, or in the past. That would have been acceptable in NASCAR. No one would have given you any. I mean, there wouldn't be any grief at all out there about it. Yeah. If, if we ran the Blue Lives Car, well, know, uh, Blue Lives Car matters or whatever. Um, I just think that the timing of it was a little suspicious. Yeah, I I agree, Don. And you know, I think what's going to happen now, maybe we're going to see again the Trump twenty twenty car. And if we do see it, are we going to have a Biden twenty twenty car? I mean, to me, if uh, we have a Trump 2020 car again. We probably ought to go ahead and have a, a Biden 2020 car to make it fair. You know, if you're going to be advertising on cars, uh, to, you know, but yeah, it was kind of, uh, kind of, you kind of had to look at it in a very, uh, I don't know what the right word is way, um, suspicious way. I think, you know, why the timing was a little questionable. I, I, I thought the same thing, but you know, I mean, and I think it kind of defeated the purpose of the car. Uh, because, again, you know, you're going to have people looking at it negatively then in that room. You know, or or you're going to, you know, I, I don't know. Again, it, it was all about the timing of it, which which kind of bothered me. The, the, the car itself doesn't bother me because I totally agree. I mean, I've got friends that are police officers. I mean, yeah. of course, you know. I have family. I mean, again, right. And, again, we've, we've said it. You know, the overwhelming majority of police officers, the overwhelming majority of people in general are good. I don't want to make excuses and say, oh, but there's just a few bad. No, I mean, we've got to do better as a society and as co-workers. 
or whatnot to call these people out, call them to the mat, weed them out. There's no room for them in this society. And I know that sometimes people are going to say, well, you know, but that's freedom of speech or freedom of this. Okay, great. But you, you don't, freedom of speech sometimes in your workplace is not, well, there, and, and let me back up. There's a difference in freedom of speech and hate speech. And hate speech is not protected under the freedom of speech right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's just, you know, sometimes I just feel like we, we need to do a better job as a society, again, weeding out um, these people. And, and I just hope that, you know, the message of the Blue Lives car, the message of the Black Lives Matters car, um, I, I just don't want them to get lost in the mix of emotions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, cut one more thing. I want to mention um, for the race fans out there, and I want to come back to Bubba real quick. The NASCAR Xfinity Series will be racing Saturday in the Unhinged 300. That race will be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. It will also be on FS1, for not Fox, but FS1. And it'll be on MRN, Sirius X, and NASCAR Radio, so be sure and check that out. But, Dawn, um, come, coming back to um, Bubba Wallace, uh, you know, he... Uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen him on a lot of different news outlets, uh, including like CNN and some of the big uh, net networks. He uh, also got some coverage on the CBS Evening News and some other, uh, I think ABC as well. Maybe NBC covered it as well. And um, but this opens up a lot. to me. I think this opens up a prime opportunity for Bubba to get some exposure. Um, maybe, maybe also opens the, this up for more minorities to come into the sport. Uh, possibly more minority fans to come into the sport as well. So I thought uh, overall, I think this is presenting a lot of positive opportunities for uh, for him and minorities as well. Seen interviews all over um, social media and stuff, not just with Bubba Wallace, but with crew members, uh, minority crew members throughout the series. I've seen interviews with Bill Lester, uh, which I think is great. And Bill, it seemed like at first was kind of hesitant. Um, Probably because he's heard so much jumping through his ears of yeah. racing, you know, people, oh, you know, being on one side or the other that, you know, after a while you just, you have to kind of maintain this middle ground for the sake of, of, of sanity almost to get through it. And I think when he really kind of started to see that, oh, no, look, people, people in the sport, the majority, and, well, and the sport itself has things to come around, you know, and, and they're taking the the lead step on this, not the NFL, not, you know, the NBA, but NASCAR, I think it was, it, I think it kind of shocked him at first. <laughs> uh, but to hear someone, I mean, Bill has always been somebody that I really, really enjoyed uh, talking with and hearing from and stuff. And so I, I, I do believe his opinion, you know, matters greatly as someone who has raised during, you know, eras in the sport that weren't always the most supportive of, of African-Americans, uh, drivers especially. So, um, you know, I, I love to hear I love to hear from Bill, and uh, but I like to hear and see some of these uh, crew members, both men and women, uh, being, being spoken to, too, because, again, it just shines light to folks who are not aware with NASCAR that there are so many minorities out there um, in the sport working on crews, working on, um, you know, behind the scenes uh, in the shots and stuff as well. And, you know, could NASCAR do better with, with having more? Absolutely, everyone could. But, you know, but there are people out there, hardworking minorities, men, female, uh, black, white, Mexican, 
you name it, they're out there. And, you know, I'd also like to say, Mike, I know we talked about this a little bit last time, but I like seeing that some people, too, are starting to really include uh, Daniel Suarez in this talk as well, which I don't yeah. think that he needs to be. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, a couple of years ago, we've had guys like Dario Franchitti come in and race. We had Juan Pablo Montoya. And, you know, Juan especially is the one that jumps out at me. Didn't get the best reception True. Um, from folks in NASCAR, from NASCAR fans. And, you know, I'm a big Juan homer. You know that. But they didn't like his attitude. They didn't like this. But in the end, they just didn't like it because he wasn't American. I mean, really and truly is what a lot of it boiled down to. And people were, you know, just hateful. And I, I just don't want to see that anymore. I want to see the sport. But there are some brilliantly talented drivers out there in this world, you know, in other series. And I would love to see them come in and diversify NASCAR. I, I like watching these drivers jump back and forth from different, you know, divisions and leagues. I mean, to me, all it does is help the racing industry in general. Um, when you've got guys that are willing to, to go and try and race other forms of racing and, and do these things, I, I just think it's great for motorsports in general. It definitely is, Don. Hey, uh, real quick, before we have to wrap it up here, uh, I had a couple more things I wanted to talk to you about real quick, get your opinion on. After the race at Talladega, we have the first doubleheader at Pocono. Um, I think uh, that's going to be an interesting race on the 27th, 28th. This is the first time NASCAR has really done doubleheaders. This is, a, this is what was originally uh, planned. And then we go to uh, Indianapolis on July 5th. And then on July 12th, Kentucky. But what I really wanted to ask you about is July 15th, the all-star race being moved to Bristol Motor Speedway. What do you think about that? I'm stoked about it. How many times have we talked in the past about moving that all-star race to a different track, uh, you know, away from Charlotte? And I think, I think this year it was great because there's been so much chaos going on that it just kind of like, what's going <laughs> to... You know, what's one more thing that's not the norm? Um, what's it going to hurt? This would be the time to try it. I also think, too, because we've ran a couple of races there already at Charlotte, that it's just like we need new – we need to see some other tracks. I mean, I know we ran at Bristol, but, I mean, come on. You can't ever have too many races at Bristol. Um, I, I just – I can't think of a better thing. I know that we've had some some controversy, though, over this new paint scheme that they're looking at or, or the way, you know, putting the sponsors – on the door and moving the number back and stuff. There's been a little, a little talk about that here and there, but you know, it's the all-star race. I don't think anything has to be normal or the norm in the all-star. Um, you, you see all-star races or pro bowl or not all-star races, but all-star games in other leagues and, you know, the pro bowl and the NFL and those kind of things. And, you know, you always have a different Jersey that doesn't look anything like a normal, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Everything is different about it. That's what it's an all-star race. And I like that. I, you know, take a chance, try some things that maybe you're looking at for the future of the sport to implement. Try on, try on there. See, I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, it can't hurt it. It's only going to, you know, either, either it works or it doesn't, but it's the all-star race. It's just a one-off thing. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I'm looking forward to the fact that it's at a different venue and Bristol always provides a lot of excitement. So hopefully we'll see some incredible racing. And then one more thing, one month from today, the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. How about that? Uh, that 
like I was going to ask you, you <laughs> haven't heard anything, have you, or seen anything on on fans yet there? I know that they talked about wanting fans there, but I haven't seen anything coming from the from the Speedway quite yet um, as far as, you know, the fans or how many fans are going to let in and stuff, but... Um, yeah, I haven't either. I'm not sure why we haven't heard anything unless they haven't decided or unless they don't have the the protocol in place yet. But um, I haven't even heard if they're going to allow any media. I know this weekend at Talladega, they're opening it up for a few more members of the media to attend that race. But I'm not sure for the Texas race, if any of us are going to be able to. I mean, you and I already put in for credentials for the race back in March, but then everything was changed and a lot of our friends who normally get credentials uh, are wondering the same thing, if we're going to be allowed to come in at some point. Um, personally, I don't think I'm going to, If even if I'm able to, I don't think I'm going to take the chance at, at going. Um, I'm still a little bit skeptical of uh, this COVID-19 situation, especially with the numbers on the rise. Yeah, my, I agree with you. I, I will not, I mean, I can tell you right now, I will not be there for it. Uh, there's there's one other reason why. Well, and now I know that we if we would go, we would be spending most of our time in the media center, um, which that would drive me bonkers just to do that. But Mike, I mean, going up there in June for the IndyCar race, it is so hot and miserable. I can't even imagine how it it just blows my mind that they're well, going to be there at Texas in, what in doesn't, July. Yeah, and what doesn't make sense, Dawn? It's going to be a two o'clock start central time july in texas at two o'clock in the afternoon in dallas it could be well over 100 degrees to me they ought to move this race to a seven or eight o'clock start and run it under the lights and have it at night yeah i mean and even then um i mean i agree with you it should be under the lights at night but even saying that, you know this as, as well as I do, in mid-July at night, you're still looking at, and we're talking air temperature. We're not talking about track temperature or in the car itself or whatnot. Just, just talking just your general temperature. At night, you know, you're still looking at high 80s or mid-90s yeah. at night. Well, um, exactly. So, you know, exactly. I know people think that we exaggerate sometimes on these things, but Mike, I mean, you know as well as I do, we have been there in June when it's been 98 degrees outside, uh, 99 degrees. What folks don't understand, folks that may not live in Texas, is it's not just the heat, the heat that we have here, but we have what's called the heat index, which, you know, it's the humidity that kicks in sometimes. And so our, our, you know, it's almost like a, you know, in, in places where it gets cold, how you have your windshield factor, so to speak. You know, here it may be like right now, it's 90 degrees outside, but it feels like it's 98 because of the humidity. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, in July, we're already pushing up there in the triple digits uh, most of the time. But definitely with the heat index, we would be well over 100 and, you know, Mike, you and I have been out there on the track and not exaggerating. They've had thermometers out there to do it for the IndyCar race. It's 130 degrees out there on pit road um, at times. And that's not in the car. That's you standing out there on the track. Or if you're in the stands, it's 110, 115. You know, it's just, I, I just well, imagine. Then not only that, but if you're going to require people to be in masks and stuff as well, oh. Yeah. I, I just. 
Yeah, that doesn't the make sense. Part s- of it just yeah. suffocates me. Well, if you recall, if you if you recall a few years ago at the IndyCar race for the pace car rides, I ended up not feeling very well, and after standing out there in the heat and left, got out of line and went back inside because um, I would I just wasn't feeling that well because of the heat. But like I said, this race is at 2 p.m. on Sunday, July 19th. But what doesn't make any sense is. Four days later, on Thursday, they're going to be racing the Kansas 400 at Kansas Speedway, and that race is going to be a 7.30 race at night. So, uh, to me, I really hope they decide to move that race, uh, because the race at Texas is 334 laps, 501 miles, so it's not going to be shortened by any means. It's a full-fledged race, 500 Yeah, if you thought the heat in Florida a few weeks ago was bad, and you saw these drivers passing out and stuff or you know i can't even imagine what it's going to be like there at texas and uh it 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 is definitely going to wreak havoc and but i tell you what it's going to be a fast racetrack (laughs) oh yeah definitely so well mike i mean this was fun i yeah i I like i like turning it over to you sometimes and letting you uh let you run the show good well thank you all right well i guess we'll uh Talk to you uh, later next week, uh, Dawn, and we'll be back again um, early or maybe Monday or so for a recap of the Talladega race. Yeah, absolutely. A recap of the carnage because we know what's going to happen. The big one. All right. Well, stay tuned and we'll be back in a few days. Fan fix. So how did he last night? I swore I saw the devil sitting in the living room.